to. Don't walk out on me. <laughs> oh, might be good. It's not personal, if you understand. It's not like I don't want to come because of you. <laughs> but it's some Thursdays I'm like, man, you know, I'd like to just, I think I'd like to just, especially now that it's warmer, I think I'd like to just sit outside. And, um, but without fail, when I purpose to press in to his presence, he seems to minister to every area of my life. Not always what I think I need, but he knows what I need. And there are, there are, since I'm just sort of telling on myself here, there are, there are some Thursdays where I'd like to just sit right over there and just make it through. That's not just like to God just get us through tonight. Let us feel your presence. Let your word touch somebody's heart and let everything go well. And let me just get back in my car and go home. Let me just get through. Is that too plain? What am I telling you? I'm telling you we're human. We're human. And we are made of flesh and bone. And we have to make a conscious decision. I'm 52 and a half years old. And in my 52 and a half years of seeking to live for the Lord, not one time has God ever grabbed me and brought me here. Now, my parents did that a few times. I got this speech. As long as you live in this house, it wasn't optional. And uh, I thank God for that. But I've also, in my, in my 52 and a half years, God has never grabbed me and stood me up on my feet and grabbed my jaw and lifted my hands for me either. He's never done that. I have learned I have to push through my flesh. Any, any strong-willed people in the room? I'm strong-willed. And so, here's what I've decided. When, when I realize I've got to push through my flesh, I'm like, you know what? Flesh, you will not win. I'm so strong-willed that I'm not letting my flesh win. I'm not going to let the will of my flesh win. And so I'm like, I don't care what I'm going to I'm going to do. Sometimes you just got to do what you know to do. Amen. 
Sometimes you just got to do what you know to do. I know that's pretty simple. But living for God is pretty simple. Some days you'll feel like doing what you know to do. Some days you won't feel like doing what you know to do. But you still got to do what you know to do. Right? Um, anybody ever feel like not going to work? Maybe you, maybe you called in and said, <coughs> I don't, sorry, I don't feel good today. I'm not going to make it in. I pray if you did that, you repented. <laughs> if you were lying, right, I, I pray you repented of that. You just got to do what you know to do. I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling so good one day. I still lived at home. Brother Nate, get ready. I was I was still living at home. I I've been at school all day. Came home from school. I was a little I was tired. It was I had a small headache. Nothing major, you know that happens. You get headaches sometimes. And uh, I did not want to go to work that night. I, wor I worked at Walmart when I was in high school. And uh, I thought, man, I've never done this before. I'm going to call in sick. I don't know why this story just comes back to me. So I called in sick and uh, didn't have to go in. My mom made dinner. We ate dinner. Man, I started feeling better. It was in the summer. I went outside. We had a little dog at the time. I don't remember who. I don't know if it was our dog, but anyway, I must have been 17. I went outside. I was outside. I know it was summer, almost summer, because school was still going, so it must have been really close to summer. I was probably getting spring fever. And I remember my dad came outside. Stuck in my mind, and this is just all coming back to me right now for some reason. My dad came outside. He said, how you doing, Joe? I think I'm doing pretty good, Dad. He didn't go on some long spill. He just said, you know, when you got a job, you got to show up. I said, yeah. He said, if you weren't feeling well, I get it. He said, sometimes you, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember his every single word, you understand. But I got the message. He said, sometimes you just got to push beyond how you feel. Now, he was talking to me about going to work. You know what? I remember how I felt in the pit of my stomach as he was telling me that. Isn't that weird? But I remember that. 17, I remember. I remember Brother Rico. I was like, oh. I was thinking, man, I should have just went to work. That's really how I felt. Anybody relate to that? It impacted me so much. It impacted me so much. 
my wife can tell you, I worked for Walmart another nine and a half years after that. I think in those nine and a half years, there was one, maybe two days I called in sick. And one of them, I'm sad to report, was because I got so sunburnt on a day off. Me and a couple friends went on this lake where nobody was, and we were riding jet skis, and I had these shorts on, and when I sat down, they came up, and the tops of my knees got burnt, and my shins got burnt, and I couldn't even wear pants. Anything touching them was like killing me. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It was a sad story. I was just so impacted by the power of just showing up. I don't say that to beat anybody up. You showed up tonight. And, and if you see somebody that's not here, I'm not picking on them either, okay? <laughs> don't. The point is sometimes we push through. We understand that with our job, right? All of us have done that. It's sort of the same way sometimes we come into the house of God with worship. We got to go, no. Flesh, I'm not just going to do what you want. I'm going to press in. Because I want to fellowship him. And I may feel a certain way or I may have had stuff come my way on the phone today or through a call or a conference or a meeting. And all of those things are true and you probably have your own list. But I've just determined, Sister Jewel, I'm pressing in. What I need is found in him. What I need, I'm not here just to mark time. I need something now. And I believe I need something from you. There's something that is exchanged when we come together and worship. And so your showing up is valuable to me. Because I receive strength when we worship together. Everything we need is found in him. Would you one more time right there where you are? Would you just lift your voice in gratitude and praise to him? Could you do that? There's a tender spirit here. Your spirits are open. I thank you for that. And he knows what you need. You're not going to leave here without him reaching to your need. He'll do that tonight. Come on, he'll do that tonight. He'll reach. He knows right where you are. Just, just let your spirit, come on, let your spirit reach to him. Why don't you tell him what you need? Why don't you be willing to say, God, I, and just tell him. He knows, but your father likes to hear from you. Just tell him. Talk to him. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm asking Brother Renee to come. With your spirit open, would you receive what the Lord has for us tonight? Amen. I love Jesus. That's as much as I am man and as much as he is God, that's how much I need him. 
Elder said it, we desire to be in his presence, but not but. God also desires to be with us. And I'm convinced there's nothing that anything can separate so long as I try to reach to him. And so let me just tell you a little bit about Jesus. Jesus, first of all, he did a lot of great and wonderful things this last Sunday. He's healed many and he's delivered many and he's done over a hundred notable things in every individual's life. And I'm so thankful and I rejoice with every one of you. And I'm thankful to God because he is God. Since the beginning, he knew me and he knew you. Since the beginning, he cared for you and he numbered the hairs on your head. God is God and there's no one like him. He's wonderful. He's done so much just for me, and I know he's done so much for each and every one of you. I see it through your lives, and I see it through the love you've shown me. I haven't been here more than, I think, three years. <laughs> but I have so much to say for every brethren and every sister that has done, you know, little things that have impacted me so. And I glean from you, and I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done in your life and what he continues to do. Jesus has delivered me. I was in darkness. <laughs> Jesus has set me free from many things that aren't worth mentioning. Just because not to, I don't want to bring glory to anything in the world, but just to give God the glory that he can do the same for everyone. And God is so good to us. I want to read from Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 7, verse number 10. There's that book we get uncomfortable with. You know, but God wrote it, and it's in the book, so it's, it's what he said. And uh, I'm not going to get into any theology, but there's this one verse that I love so much. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. God's desire is towards us individually and collectively as a church. And God's desire for us is so much more than we could ever comprehend or understand. God is so good. I love him because he first loved me. And in this thing with uh, relationships, I can't really speak so much because I'm not in one. <laughs> but, you know, praise God. But in this thing, I'm learning. God wants a relationship with me. You know? And God wants a relationship with everyone. And I'm going to speak for myself first and foremost. I believe the Lord speaks to the preacher you know, in one way or another before he ever speaks to the church. And as the Lord deals with me and continues to shape, a, uh, shape me, there has to be a relationship, I believe, that the Lord wants to form in each and every one of us. You know, I've heard it so many times. Out of relationship, there's a desire born to want to be more the way they want us, you know. I want to change because he loves me. I don't want to change to earn his love, if that makes sense. I want to be exactly the way he had me in his image. And, uh, and God is just so good that he shows it to us in this book time and time again, his love for us, that he would do the impossible and make a way when there was no way. He would die on a cross, a painful and brutal death for me. And he would do it with love. 
And I love him. I love him. This, uh, this book is just uh, amazing. This book is amazing. And I believe God, in every, uh, in every instance in our life, transforms us little by little. Uh, it's always stuck with me with, from uh, Elder Johnstone. He said, God will form the man before he forms the ministry. So I don't have to put pressure on myself to be anything that I'm not until he wants me to be. And so that's what I kind of want to talk into. God does these things to form everyone in his image first and foremost. God wants us to be uh, useful for his kingdom. God wants us to be, well, the scripture says that we're unprofitable. So there's nothing we can do compared to what he's already done. And God wants us to be just obedient and submitted to what he wants for us. And so with that in mind, I want to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 80. Luke chapter 1, verse 80. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. God wants to show you off. If I could say that plainly, God wants to show you off. He's in a relationship with you and wants to show you to the world. And in the same way, he wants to show the world, look what I have. This man, this woman is going to be useful to me in the kingdom, I believe, is what the Lord was dealing with me. But before he can make the ministry, as I alluded to earlier, he wants to make the man. And sometimes we go through these things called deserts. A desert, if you've ever done a word search, is a very desolate place. It's an arid, dry place. It's a place meant to separate you from the help of those around you. Uh, figuratively speaking, you know. A desert is supposed to be dry so that God can try and form things in you that you otherwise would not have known if you didn't go through a desert. Is it any wonder that he'll get us in a desolate and dry and a lonely place so that we can be closer to him? So that we can be alone with God? Because let's face it, in our own ability, we can't do anything. You know? If God is God and we are man, that means we're not perfect. And the scripture says that, you know, there is none righteous. No, not one. None that can compare. None that can match to what God is. God is perfect. We'll never be perfect. There is none good except one that is God. And God, in his sovereignty, chooses to use a broken vessel. And chooses to use someone that is only willing and doesn't have to be perfect because he gets the glory. He gets the glory. So in this thing called relationship, I'm not trying to be anyone else. At least I don't think. <laughs> you know? I really don't think. So if, if you catch me, call me out. <laughs> But God has something for each and every one of us. And uh, we're not going to be perfect. 
nowhere in the word, I believe, does it say we'll be perfect here on this earth. We will when we have a glorified body before his presence. But I just want to go to one last scripture, and it's uh, 1 Timothy 1. Verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Let me tell you what it does not say. He counted me perfect. Meaning any time we mess up, we have an advocate. God, God says he counted us faithful, meaning whatever may come, whatever comes our way, we still seek after him. And I'm not talking about sin. We mess up. I'm talking about we always come short of the glory of God. If we sin, we got to repent. But what I'm talking about is God asks us sometimes to do a little more than what we could um, be comfortable with. And if we miss it, God will, in his infinite grace, get us through it again. I'm so thankful for that. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am, ch I am chief. There it is. He came to save us. We were all sinners at one point. Nobody can ever say I was good. Nobody can ever say in my own ability. God is so much greater than self, and I'm so thankful for what he's done in my life. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. So that's my exhortation for you. If there's ever a time you feel you're going through wilderness, just know there is a purpose. Jesus had to go through it, and he came out in power. Jesus went through it, and if Jesus went through it, we will too. You can bet that we are going to go through it too. But there's a purpose to it. And if every man of God that you see in the Bible has gone through the wilderness, there was a purpose behind it all so that God can get the glory. And not for ourselves. Sure, it may seem for a moment that we're going to be in this for a while. But in the greater scheme of things, God was always in control. God is doing great and mighty things through your lives. And if you don't see it now, you will later. And I thank him, Lord. I thank, I thank you, Jesus. Can we thank the Lord right now? Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are still working on us. You know the plans you have for us to bring us to an expected end. Thank you for your love that is perfect toward us. Thank you for the molding process and the affirming word of God here through our brother. 
You know what you're doing with us, Lord. You know what you're doing with us. You know the plans you have. We worship you. We worship you. We receive of your word here tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the tenderness of your voice. Thank you for the clarity of your voice, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I love that verse that he read. Paul said, he counted me faithful. Paul showed up. He was faithful. He was faithful. That please don't make that just about being in the building. It's showing up to the closet of prayer and spending time with God every day. It's fellowshipping Him. It's it's, it's faithful when nobody's looking and nobody knows. It's it's faithful when you're doing your taxes. It's faithful when you're <laughs> right. It's faithful. Faithful. What a great distinction and a word I needed to hear tonight, Brother Renee. Thank you. I I just want to share a couple of things. Maybe we could go to the book of Mark, chapter eleven. Verse twenty six is we find at the end of, we find Jesus the day before, the evening before, cursing a fig tree because there was no fruit there. I'm sorry, can you go all the way back to verse 12? Go forward about four or five verses. You'll find it where Peter remembered the fig tree. Peter remembered the saying when he saw the fig tree be around 15 or 16. Thank you, Brother Jerry. Sorry, I should have brought my Bible up here with me. Twenty. Right there. That's good. Thank you. So they had, Jesus and the disciples had passed. He, Jesus was hungry, the scripture says. He went and a fig tree had leaves, but it had no fruit, so he cursed it. The next day in the morning... As they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering or calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. This is where I really wanted to start, but now you have context. And Jesus answering said to him, Have faith in God. I don't know about you, but does that strike you as an odd response to master the fig tree which you cursed is dead? I don't think that Jesus was redirecting. I, I imagine there must have been something in Peter's tone or something that our Lord picked up from the rest of the disciples, that they were actually surprised 
that what he had said resulted in such a thing. Almost as though they couldn't believe that his words affected such change. And therefore, his comment to Peter and to the others. Peter gets a rap because he was the one that was always speaking up. I can relate to Peter. And like I say stuff and I say the wrong thing. I really do. You have no idea. And so I just keep going back to the word and go, oh, thank God there's a Peter in there that you just kept having mercy with. But Jesus' response to what I believe was their amazement at the fact that his word produced such a result is have faith in God. That seems like a a simple four-word saying on the surface, but what it literally translates as is continually have faith in God. Continually. Not just in the moment when you need him to do something. Not just in the moment when you're like desperate and you cry out. But the, the literal translation here is continually have faith in God. Your faith should ever be so that no matter what comes, no matter what you face, no matter the circumstance or situation, no matter the need or the supply, no matter your faith is consistently in God. Just have faith in God. I feel such a clarity of the word of that for somebody, maybe for all of us tonight. I don't see how. Consistently, continually have faith in God. But I need an answer in this situation. I I can understand. I can respect that completely. Have faith in God continually. Don't let anything rob you of your faith in God. Faith that he can speak to a tree. Some theologians say that they had passed by the evening before. And the fact that this scripture noted, and in the morning when they passed by, they saw the result. Some, doesn't really matter either way, but they say that because it was evening, they did not recognize how quickly the word began to work. And they didn't see the result until the next day. Clearly, they didn't see the result until the next day. I've heard some share that the moment he cursed it, because the verse said that we read, it was withered from the roots. That when he cursed it, it was cursed at the root immediately, but that which was visible didn't show up until the next day. Either way, the point is what God says happens. Have faith in God. Watch, let's read just a little further. I'm trying to be quick. For verily, he continues this thought, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, 
Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he says. Now leave that verse right there. I want you to see some things in verse 23. Jesus is continuing. He's furthering the thought of having faith in God. Where you're putting your faith. Where are you and I putting our faith? Is it in the circumstance? Is it in the news report? Is it in the medical report? Is it in, where's your faith? Is your faith in God? Consistently, continually have faith in God. We walk by continually, continually. I got to get up again in the morning and I'm going to walk by faith. That doesn't mean I shirk responsibility. That doesn't mean I, dec- I dismiss all the other stuff. The word instructs me I have responsibility to do. But I'm still walking by faith. You understand? So Jesus is further expounding this. And I want you to notice something here. Say to the mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea. He's talking about the speaking a word of God in faith. But notice he makes a statement. And shall not doubt in his heart. That one gets me right there. Don't doubt. That's a key. You know what that word doubt there means? It means to be divided in judgment. To be divided in judgment. Here's what doubt looks like. I believe he can. But man, what I'm facing right now, this situation, it, I just don't know how. And so I, and I, I hope he does. But man, right now I just, well, I divided in judgment. Doubt continues to entertain the possibility that God can't. Now we like to say, I don't know if he will. That's a doubt. It's a division of judgment. Continually have faith in God. Well, what if I have faith and nothing happens? Then I'm going to continue to have faith until. I'm going to have faith until. Brother Renee talked about the making of the man, the forming of the man. Joseph had to have faith for a while. But you and I can't cast off the promises of God. We've been hearing that a little bit the last few weeks. We can't cast off the word of God. Don't doubt in your heart. What do you do? What do I do when doubt comes? When the contrary judgment to faith comes, I speak the word of faith. I speak the word of faith. No, God said, therefore, I believe. I've prayed until I see. Okay, so don't doubt in your heart. That's key. Don't let there be a division of judgment. That's critical. Verse 24. Therefore, I say what sink though ever you desire when you pray. 
believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a reemphasizing of the do not doubt. Okay, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. Isn't that interesting? We're talking about faith, consistent faith, continual faith, speaking to mountains and then being removed, cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Just have faith. Pray, believing. And when you're praying, forgive. It seems that there's a correlation between holding to unforgiveness and answered prayer. Not necessarily that God withholds his answer, but I'm almost believing that unforgiveness gives room to doubt. You find many times the Lord talking about prayer and reminding us that when we're praying for him to do something or his direction or speaking a word of faith, that forgiveness is tied to it. It's critical. Unforgiveness can paint the picture of unworthiness. And so I must forgive in order to truly receive all that he has for me. This is critical. Now, let's finish in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1. We won't read Hebrews 3. You could read it. The writer of Hebrews closes out chapter 3 by talking about the children of Israel that were in the wilderness and didn't enter into the promised land. And that's where he's, that's the context that we start chapter 4 with. And he's saying they didn't enter. And so then the writer of Hebrews says, let us therefore fear. Lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. They had a promise to enter into the promised land, and they didn't. He uses that as an example to us, saying, let us therefore fear, godly fear and reverence, lest, unless a promise that's been left to us, this promise that we would enter into his rest, lest that promise would, we would seem to come short. Keep going, verse 2, watch. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now, I don't believe for a minute that the writer of Hebrews is saying that the people in the wilderness heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel here is good news. They received the good news of a promised land. They received the good news of a land flowing with milk and honey. They received the good news that... God would lead them into a land that they did not. They would live in houses they did not build. They would drink from wells they did not dig. He, the Lord gave them these. They had a promise from God. That was the good news. They had the gospel preached to them. We've had the gospel preached, a different gospel, a better gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been preached to us as well as them. But watch, and this is the admonition from the writer of Hebrews. But the word preached, it did not profit them. That is a tragic statement. 
The word preached. What was the word? The word was the gospel. It was the good news of entering into the promised land. It didn't profit them. Why did the good news not profit them? Because it was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. Faith comes by and hearing by the. It's not enough to hear the word. Hear me tonight. The Holy Ghost is taking us places. It is not enough to hear the word. The word must mix with faith in our heart. That word mix there means a commingling, a uniting, a bonding together. There must be something in my spirit that opens to the word of God and says, I receive it. I let it be knit together with my spirit. I let the word mix with faith in my life. Let it be united together with faith in my spirit. We only find this word here of mix, commingled faith, this uniting together one other place in scripture. We're not going to go there. I'm just going to give you the reference. I believe it's 1 Corinthians 12 and 24 when he talks about the uniting of the body together. For the word to be profitable for you and I, it must mix with faith. Faith is the substance of things we hope for. Faith is the evidence of what we do not yet see. The word of God must mix with faith. And this is the warning and the admonition of the writer of Hebrews. If the word doesn't mix with faith, the word will not be profitable to you. I can hear it. I can quote it. I can recite it. I can say how wonderful it was. I can say how much it made me feel things. I can say all that stuff. But the word has to mix with faith in my heart. That's a work of his spirit that I need to take place. This is critical. The ministry that we received this weekend at United, it was a word of faith. Now that word of faith has to mix with faith in our heart. Because doubt will try to find room. But the word must mix with faith. I want it to do so so that it's profitable to me. So I'm going to try to do some things here as we close to help mix the faith a little bit in a positive way. Not mix up the faith, mix together the faith. <laughs> I'm just going to share with you quickly the reports I've received already. Um, I received news from... Uh, Brother Nate, that he Hartley, that he received from his mom, Sister Teresa Hartley. She was not feeling well at all. Uh, she had pain in her body, her knees, hips, 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 and her back going into service. I greeted her when I came out of the prayer room. She was sitting off to the side, and she was really slow moving. I 
I didn't say anything, but it all was coming back to me as she shared this. She got up on Monday morning, and she had no pain. And her thought, I love her, her thought was, it's weird. <laughs> and so she went to the gym. But then she realized and she said she wanted to give God glory because she believed it was the prayer that touched her body. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Talking about the word mixing with faith. With faith. I got a message this afternoon from Brother Lewis. Brother Lewis woke up this morning. Monday morning also. All these people waking up on Monday morning. Thank God she Brother Lewis has had this continual ringing in his ear. He's gone to the doctor. They've looked at it. They've tried to figure out what's going on. They said, we don't know. You're just going to have to live with it. He woke up Monday morning, no ringing in his ear. It's gone. It's not ringing right now, is it? No. <laughs> Praise God. He healed it. Then he can hear better. Sister Julie heard that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Mary sent us a message from her mom. Annette, many of you know Annette. She comes periodically. God's doing a beautiful work in her life, and he's not done. He's going to radically transform her life, and she's going to affect many lives. Sister Mary, you lay hold on that. Let that word mix with faith. And so... Um, she had pain in her back and was it her, her lower back? Right, that's right. Yes. Amen. In faith. I let it mix with faith. Amen. She said she felt it go down her whole body. She referenced that. She, and she was prayed for, and there was words spoken regarding all the chains being broken from her life. And she felt the weight. That, that's what I was trying to remember. She said she felt the weight come off of her on Sunday. I got a message from Brother Abel. And so I love it when I get messages from Brother Abel. I like it when I get them from all of you, and there's all these. <laughs> but amen. So, I know I'm always in for a treat when he sends me a message. Him and Sister Yesenia, they always, they always got some great story they tell me. I love it. But Brother Abel has been dealing with migraines for some time and battling them. But he felt the Spirit of God come and touch his whole body. And the migraine's gone. God has done a miracle in his body. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. He said it felt like he was floating when God touched him. He said he just felt like he was floating in the air. The spirit of God and the power of God that came down and touched his body. Amen. Aren't you thankful? We serve it. Now, if you're sitting here and you're going, man, I, I had faith, but nothing happened. Don't let go of the word of faith. Have faith in God. 
Please stand with me tonight. Thank you, Jesus. I believe one of the most significant things, and I'm careful about saying the most significant. I don't want to make one more than another. But one of, one of the very significant things out of the many this weekend was the communication in ministry of the fact that we would not only receive healing, but we would begin to walk. There would be those of us that would begin to walk in faith. We can't produce that. But we read the scripture tonight from Mark chapter 11. Have faith in God. Walk continually with your faith in God. Walk continually. You know, how you and I speak affects our faith. Did you know that? How you speak affects your faith. There was someone very near and dear to me. They were dealing with some things in their life. Nobody in this room, nobody in this state removed from here. And they couldn't seem to get past it. And a lady of God came and began to pray for them. And the expression that the word gave the Lord gave them was your healing is in your words. How you speak holds your healing. Feel that for somebody tonight. Your words matter. Speak continually in faith. Have faith in God continually. Amen. Can we thank him together right now before we go tonight? Your word tonight through the various vessels that you have used. I thank you for the people of God. Each and every one, the precious saints of the Most High God. I pray your blessing and your favor. I pray the faith of God stirred in our heart. I pray the faith of our heart mixing with the Word of God. Whereby you are glorified and your will is done in the earth. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Men will have prayer here Saturday morning at 6 o'clock, all the men. Next week is ladies' conference. Please be in prayer for that. God's going to do miraculous things. I truly believe this past weekend was a catalyst. And you're going to see the ripple effects. And so all the ladies are having ladies' conference at Yakima Convention Center where we were, so we just got everything warmed up in there. And they can just step in in faith. Amen. With the Holy, there will be some prayer walks. I don't know that there will be prayer walks. There may be prayer gatherings in some different places in our city one morning. 
and stay tuned for that. Um, and so we're just believing God to do great things there. We will not, we will not have service here next Thursday night. Okay. I, I know we can make it without the ladies. Um, maybe. <laughs> but it would be a big, big, big struggle. Um, uh, um, and so, and I mean that sincerely. Um, I, I know moms that putting dads that are going, okay, now I got to figure out how I got to get all these kids together and get them there. And we got to get, so we're going to, we will not have service here next Thursday night. Um, I may be here for prayer for those of you that wanted to come, but we'll let you know on that. Amen. And um, so just know that, know that that's coming. We're going to see God do great things. Amen. Sister Sally. Praise God. Thank you for praying. I know many of you commented there when that came out in WhatsApp and we're praying. Thank you for praying. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. We serve a healer and a protector. Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening. We'll see you Sunday. Men, we'll see you Saturday at 6.